From the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. Company Takeover Tuesday. You made it. Five o'clock. Adam Candy, Adam Hill, Ari in the Finley Toyota Studios. It's Big Five time. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five. Number five. Ask me what I'm wearing, Adam. Absolutely not. Ask me what I'm wearing. I will not do that. That's the only way we start the big five. Ask me what I'm wearing. First of all, we're on camera with each other. I mean, not to give it that away. No, but you can't can't see the important part. Ask me what kind of pants I'm wearing. (laughs) Hey, Adam, what what sort of pants are you wearing today? Khakis. (laughs) Just like Jim Harbaugh. Oh, boy. Khakis like Jim Harbaugh and Jake from State Farm. First of all, not to give away the secrets of the show, aren't you sitting in your living room? khakis i wear khakis in my living room why Why? you don't you don't wear khakis in your living room zero chance of that happening i wear pleated dockers with the little expandable waistband so that if it's a big meal i can just let the elastic do what god intended okay uh if i'm in my living room doing the show it's basketball shorts or like you know pajama pants of some sort for sure Truthfully, I kind of split the difference right now okay. with uh, some some insulated track pants. I'm not saying I keep the house as cold as Steve Cofield does, but right now, like without the insulation, things would get a little bit ugly in here. But thank you for asking me uh, what I'm wearing. That way I can ask you a question in return. Athletic reporting today that Jim Harbaugh is interested in returning to the NFL. If you hadn't seen the report, Jim Harbaugh coming off his best season at Michigan is apparently – at least probably according to his agent leaking this out to Bruce Feldman from The Athletic, interested in going back to the NFL where he was a successful coach with the San Francisco 49ers, took Colin Kaepernick to the Super Bowl, and frankly, without the lights going out, might have actually won a Super Bowl against the Baltimore Ravens. Adam, you're as plugged in as anybody with the Raiders. We saw as part of this report that Jim Harbaugh might be interested in going to the Raiders so let me start right there and ask you if Jim Harbaugh is interested in the Raiders should the Raiders be interested in Jim Harbaugh probably I mean listen I think they have been they have been before we know that that we've we know that they have uh considered Jim Harbaugh a potential candidate uh Mark Davis is friends with him um has a relationship with him at least we should say uh has been part of the organization has a tie uh to the organization in that way um, and he's been successful at the NFL level, and that's something that the Raiders are believed to be looking for in a coach. Um, he doesn't really fit my criteria as much as I love Jim Harbaugh as a coach. Uh, I have said the only thing I'd be looking for, I'd be asking every single candidate, um, fourth down, say fourth and two uh, from anywhere beyond the 38-yard line of your own in your own territory, uh, what are you doing? And if the answer is anything but going for it, I'm probably not considering you a coach. And Jim Harbaugh is not really um, that aggressive, uh, that new age as an analytics guy. So uh, I I don't necessarily think he fits in that realm, but he fits in a lot of other realms that the Raiders are going to be looking for. Um, And in fact, you know, as I said, anybody that's asked me the last 
two months who the new coach is. I said, I don't know, but I'm beyond certain they're going to they're going to offer Jim Harbaugh a contract. So if this is when he wants to go to the NFL and this is the move that he wants to make, I have to imagine that they're a leading candidate. Now, is it possible that he would prefer Chicago since, you know, he did go back to Michigan. He's a Michigan guy. He's a Midwestern guy. Um, the Bears uh, certainly would make some sense. Another young quarterback that you could work with that he's familiar with. Obviously, having played against him when he was at Ohio State and Justin Fields. Chicago makes some sense, too. But I think Las Vegas is a very attractive destination. I think that they're uh, going to be in the market. They're going to talk to him, and uh, we'll see how this process plays out. But I do think he'll at least be – a, at the forefront of candidates, and I've thought that for some time. Number four. Number four. But it's really number four and a half because I want to respond to what Adam just said about what you should be asking the new head coach, whoever that might be, of the Raiders in interviews. And all you have to do to know the only question, it is literally the only question that matters that you need to ask the new Raiders head coach because you didn't do it with John Gruden. You did not ask the appropriate question with John Gruden because we all thought John Gruden was coming in here looking at Derek Carr on the rise, Khalil Mack and Amari Cooper with a team that had underperformed in one-score games and had a pretty rough year after winning 12 the previous season and going to the playoffs and, frankly, getting, quite literally, a bad break with Derek Carr breaking his leg, and not being able to do anything in the playoffs. And the one question you have to ask the next Raiders head coach is, where do you think this team is right now? Is this team a team that you think can win right now? Is this a team that you need to tear down and rebuild? Because John Gruden kind of came in here secret style <laughs> and decided, I don't like the way this roster looks and wanted to tear it down and make it in his own image. And he has made it in his own image a horror movie like Chucky. <laughs> so, Adam... I asked Eric Eager this question earlier, and I'm going to ask you the same thing now. Whether or not the Raiders beat the Chargers and go to the playoffs this Sunday night, should that have any effect in terms of how they look at this offseason and where they are as a franchise as they put in a new head coach, and potentially, and potentially as well a new GM? No, it shouldn't. I mean, I, I've thought that for a long time about a lot of different teams. Like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't let, you know, I don't want to use the word fluky, but let's say you shouldn't let a win-loss record that is somewhat deceiving, which I believe theirs kind of is, impact what you do. Hey, we were that close. Were you really? Like, are you really close to that level of, you know, Chiefs and Packers and, and those sorts of teams? Probably not. Um, so don't be fooled, even if you were to somehow win a game in the playoffs uh, by that sort of thing. Um, and and let's, let's also not forget, they're not there yet. I mean, they, they still have to win a game on Sunday to get there anyway. But, no, I wouldn't allow that to impact my thinking. Uh, I, I just feel like uh, it's it's a decision that I, I would say should be made yet. But right now you should have an idea of what you want to do in the offseason, regardless of how the end of the season plays out. Um, and I did think you were going to say the question they should have asked John Gruden is, has he ever used any racial or homophobic epithets in his emails? Mm. Uh, that's probably the first question maybe they should have asked. Maybe a second question. And maybe, maybe they should ask question. the new coach yeah. that before he takes over as well. Uh, but, yeah, that like I, I do think that they should get an idea of whoever is a candidate for the coaching job, what is your vision of where this roster is? Because there is there's certainly a lot of holes that need to be filled. There's a lot of areas that need to be addressed. There's also some young up-and-coming up and talented players. And, by the way, 
it's not that different of a situation than John Gruden came into, right? A team that was a fringe playoff contending team with Derek Carr quarterback and a ascending young star due for a massive contract on defense, just like before it's Khalil Mack. Now it's Max Crosby. Like it's a very similar situation and you don't have to choose between Carr and Crosby, but kind of like you can't give them both mega deals. I mean, you could, but then you got nothing anywhere else. So you, you are kind of making that choice again. It, it's a very similar situation to when they were where they were when Gruden took over. Number three. Number three. The Vegas Golden Knights take on the Nashville Predators at T-Mobile. Adam will be jetting from the Finley Toyota Studios over to T-Mobile to be there for that contest as the Golden Knights apparently, although Pete DeBoer was having fun playing that head coach game, I'm not telling you who the starting goaltender is going to be tonight. <laughs> uh, Darren Millard told us earlier, Laurent Brassois has not skated for two days. We know Robin Lanner is still out. All signs point to Logan Thompson making his first National Hockey League start. Uh, Adam, the fans of T-Mobile have seen a lot of different lineups, a lot of players they probably can't recognize. It really has been the roster that you need a scorecard to figure out who's on the ice at any given time, unless you, I mean, maybe you know more about Michael Amadio, you know, those type of guys and Jonas uh, Ronberg than than I did coming into the season. But um, the crowds have been subjected to some interesting lineups. They they are going out tonight into a different environment at T-Mobile than they have gone into for most of the year because of the coronavirus situation. Uh, we know the Raiders are going to likely fill up 60-odd thousand seats required vaccination going into Allegiant Stadium this weekend, and it's a different story at T-Mobile. Uh, there's a mask policy that I'm going to tell you as a fan that has gone to a game is loosely enforced at best. Um, One million coronavirus infections in the last 24 hours in the U.S. Uh, 100,000 people hospitalized. Adam, do you think the crowds are going to be affected at all at T-Mobile by the policy that the Golden Knights have that does not require any proof of vaccination, negative COVID, anything, now that Omicron is changing the game for us once again? Not really. I mean, first of all, we have seen some diminished crowds this year at T-Mobile, but I don't think that's necessarily a reason. I think um, a little bit of the uh, the newness has worn off. I've, you know, I've always said it's an event town, not a sports town, and the Golden Knights games are still big, but they're not the event that they were the first couple of years. It's not... It's not quite as cool to put on your Instagram story, and that's all that people really care about in this city uh, and always probably will. It's winning and what looks cool on social media. Uh, that's what people are into. So I don't think it affects them that much. And I, I don't know I, – I don't think it would anyway because I feel like most of the people that have been going to events are people that don't concern themselves that much you know, with with COVID and the spread and that sort of thing. I do think it's it's fair that we're changing a lot of policies and updating a lot of policies and like we're learning more. We've learned more now than we did at the beginning of this. So there's there's changes that are to be made. I, I do and I get people are exhausted and they're like, I don't want to talk about that anymore, or this is not as serious. I've heard a lot of people say, Oh, this is not serious anymore. We don't need to take it we don't need to take it quite the same way because the, the symptoms aren't as bad with this variant. Well, I'll also tell you, I know two people that died last week. 
And they weren't 70 years old or 80 years old or 90 years old. They were one was in their mid 40s, one was in their mid 50s. And it sucks. And it sucks that it happened. Um, you could say, hey, they did it to themselves by being anti vax, and I'm never going to get that, and I don't believe in it. And, you know, it sucks. But the more that it spreads, the more people that are in danger. Like, that's just the facts of this. So if you want to say, hey, the, the people aren't getting sick this time, and why are we still worried about this? It's two years later. Like, your actions still could affect other people's lives and, and kill them. I mean, that still could happen. So you have to be aware of that. But at the same time, like, we also have to understand that we know more now. And we there's more ways to treat it. And people that can get vaccinated should be vaccinated and help themselves in that way. Uh, there's all those things that are still going on. So I, I get it from both sides. I do. I understand why people are over it. But you shouldn't be. Like, you should still be taking every precaution that you can. And trying to help as many people as you can not get sick. Like, I know people are going to say, well, that's their own thing. Hey, people that don't get vaccinated, that's them. That's on them. They're dead. But the more people that aren't vaccinated, the more it spreads around, the more variants there are, the more people are going to get sick, the more people are going to die. That's just fact. Like, there's no debating it. There's no disputing it. That's fact. But it's how much you want to do to help that process. And a lot of people are over it. And I, I'm not going to crush them. I get it. It's two years. It sucks. But you also have to be aware of it. And that's why it's time for the Golden Knights to revisit this policy. And if they don't revisit the policy, then they need to take the mask enforcement one hell of a lot more seriously than they have. Watch the game tonight. If you're not going, watch it on TV. Watch the crowd shots. Find me the masks in that crowd. <laughs> because once someone gets a drink in their hand, it doesn't matter whether they have anything left in that cup. They get the drink, and that is their power-up to be able to take off the mask. Just watch. You'll see what goes on. It's time for them to take a look at how they want to handle this going forward because, as you just said, Adam, it's about a changing situation. It's about changing science. It's about changing what we know. Number two. Number two. Um, This is a horrifying situation to me and it has nothing to do with the virus. It's just sort of like how can 2022 start this way after 2021 went out the way it did? And when I say went out the way it did, I mean losing Betty White. <laughs> um, have you seen this story in Virginia? The people who have been trapped on the freeway for more than a day? These people, because of jackknife tractor trailers on a freeway in Virginia, have been trapped in their cars for more than 24 hours, including a U.S. senator. So don't think it's just that we're ignoring people like Tim Kaine, senator from Virginia, has been stuck on this highway with everybody else. They don't have food. They don't have water. Obviously, they don't have bathroom facilities. Uh, how long would it take you to, be, to start feeling Donner Party like, like in that car? Like I know that I think after like 12 hours, I would be sitting there saying to myself like, Who's the weakest in my pack? Like who's like who are you I'm gonna eat? look at the, I'm gonna look at the car next to me. No, sure. not even that. No, that's Donner like, Party. That's the reference you're making. I know, but I'm just saying I'm gonna look at the car next to me or around me, and I'm gonna see who's the weakest that I might be able to at least steal some food from if they're not willing to give me some. Can right? I like who who can I get water from? I will tell you this. Probably me. I'm the weakest. Uh, I know that because. The, all I've thought about all day with this story and seeing all these people, and I've seen, you know, obviously Tim Kaine do a couple of interviews from his car and talk about it. Um, I, I had one reaction to this. First of all, 
I'm so glad I don't live anywhere cold because I can't handle that anyway. But getting stuck on the road just sounds awful. Um, I made a stop at the store this morning to buy a new car charger. Because all I've thought about is what would I do once my phone died? That's all I care about from this whole thing. That's it. That's the only thing. And I had I had one, but I was like, what if it's broken? So I have a second car charger now only because of this story. Because all I cared about is, like, if, can I still sit on Twitter? Can I check Instagram? Scroll TikTok every once in a while? Like, all right, now I'm cool. Like, I'm, I'm cool sitting in the car for 27 hours at that point. So you didn't go to the store and get some MREs or no. some Twinkies that are indestructible. You didn't get no. food no. or water to put in the car. You got another phone charger so that you can tell people how you don't have any food or water. Well, the only thing I would possibly even think about keeping food and water in the car is to trade for power. I would be like, hey, who wants food? I need to get a little bit of charging in. So oh, yes, all the- I need is a charger. The phone is all that matters. You're the mark. Oh, you are so cl- I'm glad to know this. You are so clearly the mark. I, I can see you out there, like, waving your hands out the window, being like, my phone is dead. Who wants to eat? <laughs> yes. Right? yes. Yeah. 100% I would. But I also, like, every, I'm sure everybody just, what, turned off their car? Is that is that what you do? Because your gas would run out, they're right? They're out of gas. They're out of, ga- they're out of everything. Oh, what a disaster. They're out, they're, they're out, they're out of everything. This, oh this It does sound like an awful experience, but yes, that's all I was thinking about. And clearly, Tim Kaine's got a good car charger because he's been doing interviews all over the place while he's stuck on this road. That's a, someone should be doing phone commercials. Number one. Number one. I listed this very specifically in the rundown as hold for breaking news because I didn't want to tip off Ari <laughs> as to what it was actually going to be. And I, I have to be a little transparent with the folks. Ari is not currently in the studio no. at the moment. Kira's holding down the fort for us, and so... Has, hasn't everybody noticed already how smooth the show is now? Yeah. Because I, mean, I think everybody knows Ari's gone by the fact that just, there's been no... feel the energy. Yeah, nothing's gone wrong. There's been no problems. We haven't had to yell at him for anything. Like, clearly no, I, it was obvious that he wasn't in here. No, I mean, look, there is one person in the world who is the literal embodiment of Tweak from South Park. <laughs> like, ah! Like, yeah, that's... <laughs> That's Ari. Ari is tweaked from South Park. Yes. But here's the important part that I was going to give Ari a little bit of love, which this is the sort of thing I have to take advantage of when Steve Cofield's not in. Um, Today is Ari's 10-year anniversary (laughs) at Lotus Broadcasting. (laughs) And since since he's not here to play the drop, I'll do it for him. Yay! he's, He's done at least like two and a half years of decent work in that time, too. Hey, he's a 250 hitter, and that'll keep you in the major leagues for a sure. long time. Sure. For a long time. Um, Adam, do you want to say anything nice about Ari on his 10-year anniversary? What? I'm just going to give you a chance. I'm not saying you have to. I'm just offering you the floor. I mean, I'm going to have to think about this for a while. Yeah. I mean, there's another show tomorrow. Uh, don't, don't, I didn't okay. even put you on the spot. Okay. It's not the sort of thing you can just come up with off the top of no. your head. No. And speaking of the top of your head... Um, Ari was really upset when we did Festivus that his bald spot was pointed out. <laughs> right. Um, and I don't. And I think the nicest thing we could do on his 10 year anniversary, when we're saying good things about Ari, is not talk about that bald spot. At no. All. Why would we? We should we should leave that alone entirely because that was something that kind of hurt his heart. Yeah. Uh, why would we he, point it out then? No. Then we shouldn't. We really should not be talking about Ari's bald spot <laughs> at all. We should just be talking about his subpar producing work. Um. And the fact that, my God, he has spent 10 years 
with Lotus Broadcasting and still has not gotten noticeably better at his job. At least he has all his hair. Well, no, he doesn't, though. You just said that Oh, that's did. right. I forgot. He has a bald spot. Uh, that Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Ari, happy 10-year anniversary. May you have 10 more. No. No, actually, you please know what? no. I wish you completely opposite. Yes. Dear God, do not do 10 more years at Lotus Broadcasting. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. Raiders. Raiders, 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 Raiders. Here on Cofield and Company. Adam Candy, Adam Hill, company takeover day here on a Tuesday evening. All right, it's not all Raiders. It's a lot of Chargers talk to. That involves the Raiders. It does, but it's most we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take a little time away from the silver and black and talk about the Los Angeles Chargers with Gilbert Manzano, formerly of the Las Vegas Review Journal, writes for the Southern California News Group covering Chargers, NFL, boxing, etc. Appreciate the time, man. Uh, we are looking forward, as I'm sure you are, to what should be a winner-take-all game between the Raiders and the Chargers this weekend. So let me start with the most basic of questions, sir. Who the hell are the Chargers? <laughs> Yeah, I've been uh, trying to figure that, figure that out. But uh, you know, before I get to answer that question, you don't want to see the the tie scenario where the the Jaguars beat the oh. Colts and both the Raiders and the Chargers get in. You know, kind of have a nice little uh, get together. Uh, but, you're, oh, but you're right; I can't yes, forget the, yes, 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 the Chargers, yes. and that will probably sum up the whole the whole uh, season for the Chargers going to the tie. <laughs> that, would, that would be great. Well, it's all we want. That is all is. we want. But I'm just saying it's not it's not likely. So we yeah. got to talk about you know <laughs> a winner take all game. I guess that's what we have to deal with. Yeah, Gilbert, we've been discussing it. First of all, I mean, I wish it would happen. I just I don't think they would do it. They should like if if the scenario exists where a tie gets both teams in and the and a loss would put one team out. They 100% should agree to do that. They just won't. Uh, I wish they would, especially on a primetime NBC game. We're just down the ball back and forth between each other. It'd be awesome. Uh, but I w- I'm going to kind of echo Adam's question to you. Just ask it this way, because I've been asked this about the Raiders so many times. I'll ask it about the Chargers. Are the Chargers good? <laughs> you know, you know, way back, I think they went newer. It feels like a long time ago. It's not that long ago, actually. When there was five. They lost to the Broncos. I, I just went out and said, they're an average team. They're not above average. They're not below average. They're just an average team. And then they go and beat Cincinnati, which I predicted them to lose to the Bengals. The Bengals just, lost, just beat the Chiefs, but they lose to the Chargers. It's all confusing overall. But they were 6-5, and five, and I told myself at that point, they're average. They beat the, they beat the, the Bengals. Uh, they took care of business against the Giants. Like This team, in years past, can't even take care of business. It doesn't matter what the records are. They usually make it difficult, but they blew out the Giants. And I started kind of thinking, maybe it was a little, I was a little wrong. Uh, but then they go and they, they lose to the Chiefs. But it was overtime, and it kind of felt like it's okay. Then they then they just got, you know, I'll just say, they got crushed by, by the Texans. The Texans pretty much, I thought they dominated that, that game. Uh, they were both dealing with COVID issues, so I don't, I don't want to get excuses about that game either. Uh, but, but then, they, you know, everything kind of broke their way, and here we are again for this kind of, you know, I guess winning you're in, a uh, simple way to say it for the Chargers because they can't get in without a win or a tie. Or actually, a tie. Uh, 
but, you know, I can't really figure them out because defensively, if you look at the numbers, they're at the bottom of most, you know, important categories, and it's kind of a head-scratcher when you have a healthy Joy Bosa, a healthy Derwin James, and you have Brandon Staley operating the team because, you know, he's known as a defensive coach. Uh, and then on the flip side, they've had a lot of, you know, ups and downs on the offensive line. Guys have gotten injured. Uh, there's, there's been games where, they, you know, they lose to the Ravens, they score six points. Uh, they lose to the to the Patriots. They lose to the Vikings. Uh, they get you know they get out coached by the Broncos in the first meeting. Uh, so like you guys are saying, it's it's hard to figure out this team. Uh, but I guess the way to kind of just sum it down is like when you have Justin Herbert on the field playing what he's doing, what he's doing, and playing like every single Sunday the way he is, you have a chance in every game. So does that qualify as better than average? I guess I would just say it. You know they have a chance with number ten. Uh, you know playing quarterback. And Justin Herbert played very well when these teams met earlier this season in Los Angeles. Uh, Chargers dominated that game. Do we take anything out of that game moving forward, or has the COVID season been so weird that both of these teams are just so different that we can't really look at game one the same way we might for division opponents facing off a second time? Yeah, just so, you know, as you guys know with the Raiders, you can't figure them out. You know, they, they get crushed by the Chiefs. They went three in a row. Uh, they, all the, the the crazy incident that keeps going and going. I'm sure Adam Hill has been, you know, working 24 hours at a Starbucks every single day for news to break. Uh, so I, I don't, I, you know, I feel bad for him, but then I don't because he loves to work. I know how Adam is. Uh, but yeah, you can't really, you know, point at point at the film from the from the first game and say, hey, hey, the Chargers did pretty well. You know, I think they beat them by 14 points. You know. Uh, they had that crucial fourth and two to Jerry Cook, and that was kind of the last time they sweared out that game. But I think it's going to be different. Uh, like we keep saying, this uh, this pressure game uh, in Las Vegas, which I'm pretty excited for. You know, I was there at the groundbreaking when I was working at the Las Vegas Review Journal, uh, but I still haven't been to the stadium, so I'm pretty excited to see that overall and kind of this crazy scenario that, that it was. It was you know it lined up perfectly, I guess, for my first game there to see. But uh, I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, it seems like I feel like every time these teams play each other, they're pretty close. Uh, last year, when Justin Herbert uh, got that uh, that quarterback sneak, uh, and he was, I was in, I was in. He kept saying that on Thursday night football with no fans, which is crazy to kind of believe. But uh, uh, I think it's going to be something that just kind of prepare for a close game. I don't know how it's going to play out because you know Derek Carr is playing well. Uh, you never know which Chargers defense is going to show up uh, when they when they create turnovers. They usually tend to play well, but that uh, you can't guarantee guarantee that in every game. So. Uh, I don't know. I'm just kind of ready for Sunday. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of curious to see how it plays out. Gilbert Manzano, you can follow up on Twitter, gmanzano24 uh, on Twitter. I, I think one of the things that's lost in the hype about this winter in, uh, you know, basically the playoffs start early for the Raiders and the Chargers, and, and that's the focus of the game. But we have to go back to the last meeting, and there was a little bit of drama in the press coverage. Joey Bosa had some things to say about Derek Carr, that were not too complimentary. Do those things come up again this week? I know they will with Carr. I'll ask him for sure tomorrow uh, about those yeah. comments and see what he says. But from the Charger side, are they just going to kind of pretend that didn't happen and be quiet about it? No, I, I guess uh, Adam, if you're going to take care of the Raiders side and ask Derek Carr, uh, guess who's speaking tomorrow for the Chargers? <laughs> so I guess that could be the guy to ask and kind of get that up, uh, that up, uh, that uh, whole storyline going. But. uh I'm sure Joey's—he's a great talker. Uh, I'm sure he'll be okay talking about it. You, you know, the thing I think of that it was that played out in that game. I think Derek Carr was just talking a lot of trash, and I think Derek Carr even admitted that he was talking a lot of trash in that game. 
And I just saw like a, a clip where Drew Locke told uh, Joey Bosa, you know, you're tired, out, you're tired on the field. And then Joey Bosa had like a, like a monster hit on him. <laughs> so I think it just, it just kind of got under, under his skin. Uh, he likes to trash talk and he doesn't shy away from it. But I'm pretty sure it was just Derek Carr uh, talking the whole game where, where it, it led to uh, Joey Bosa, you know, saying that he curls, he curls into a ball. Uh, when he gets pressure, he tends to fold. So uh, I'm excited for that storyline as well. Well, you just kind of shot down my theory because you said he's a great talker. I said last time, I was like, we should probably just minimize this a little bit because I don't know that Joey Bosa is even smart enough to know what he's saying. <laughs> oh, come on, Adam. Uh, actually, you know, he's pretty good, you know, in the in the interviews, you know. Uh, he's actually one of the best quotes on, on the team. Uh, you know, he started really bad, though. I'll, I'll say that. When he first got into the NFL, he, he was kind of a, a boring guy to talk to. And I think he just doesn't care anymore. Or maybe when he got, when he got, actually when it changed, when he got paid, when he got that massive contract, it was kind of like, you know, F it. I got the money. I can say whatever the hell I want. And it kind of just became this, uh, this quote machine. So uh, I'm telling you, you know, watch some of these pressers with Joey Bosa. And it's pretty entertaining. But yeah, maybe sometimes they think, think, it, think it through and just kind of says whatever you want. But uh, uh, for this Chargers team, there's a lot of players that, you know, don't say a lot of exciting things. It's kind of like the, the cliches. You know we hate those things, Adam. So when Joey Bosa talks and, he, and he's uh, calling the referees blind out there and getting pissed off about, about flags, I'm all for it. So, Gilbert, I have to ask you about a story Adam told us earlier since you know him well um, and ask you if you're surprised at this reaction. He had a rough flight situation coming back from Indianapolis. He told us about the whole thing, but at the end of it, he gets to the baggage carousel. There are a bunch of little kids running around, and one of these kids like trips over the other kid and busts his head open and is bleeding on the floor and like it is a serious situation for most people. Adam told us his biggest concern was that they were going to have to switch carousels to get their bags. Uh, he said it's not a big deal because there's a child bleeding out on the floor and Adam's like, great, now I got to move to go get my bags. Are you surprised by this? And should we should we think any less of Adam Hill hearing this story? Uh, no, I'm not surprised. And no, we should not think any less of Adam uh, we all have our own uh, troubles in our own daily lives. You got to figure out your own issues and move on. We, we don't need help from everybody. And I'm sure Adam didn't move an inch to go help out the kids that, that was bleeding. And that's okay too. You know, during a pandemic, keep your distance, mind your business, uh, move it along. But I'm not surprised with Adam doing that. And I'll, I'll probably would think the same. Kind of like when you know when you when you take the bus and somebody on the wheelchair comes on, you have to wait 20 minutes. But then get on the bus. I'm probably taking it too far now. What a uh, jerk. But it's <laughs> No, this is basically the beginning of Adam's story. This is basically the beginning of Adam's story. You don't even realize. You're not taking it too far. <laughs> the beginning of his story was about a guy who was afraid to fly who locked himself in the bathroom for like a half hour <laughs> in, in the plane bathroom so that they had to wait to take off. That was the beginning of the story, and it was all about how Adam was calling this the worst travel experience of his life. Not about the dude who was so terrified to fly that he locked himself <laughs> in the bathroom or the kid who was bleeding out on the floor of the airport. Or the lady that lost her ID. There was just so many things that happened on the same flight. Uh, it's ridiculous. But Gilbert, I will. I'll, I'll bail us out of this. So we don't. Oh, have to, we don't have to be no, evil. I, I like it, but I just wanted to say, Adam. You know, you know, I'm a fan of Seinfeld. Curb your enthusiasm. Yeah. All those scenarios that play out. 
It happened in real life, and I, and I get what you're saying, Adam. Yeah, that's why I love it so much, because it they are things that happen to all of us, and a lot of people have a reaction of like, oh, that's terrible. And mine, like Larry David, and I think like yours yourself, is like, well, what is? how is this affecting me? That wasn't my kid. <laughs> I didn't have to worry about that kid. I had to worry about my bag. Uh I will I will ask you about the Chargers again just to ask they they were they're concerned about this game. They have to win this game. They have to get in. We know that. Is this team a team that is capable if they are in of pulling off, you know, three straight upsets and actually doing something in the playoffs? Uh I, I don't see it, you know. You know, I could see them being uh, winning one game, you know, which uh, at, at this point is looking like it could be the Kansas City Chiefs. They already beat them in the Arrowhead Stadium, so going back for that would be kind of a crazy storyline, but uh, I don't see them going far. You know, eventually all the holes they have on the roster is going to catch up to you. This team can't win, you know, more than two games in a row, let alone three will be too much for them to do. Uh, So, you know, if if they go 10-7, and that that feels right to me. Uh, In the regular days, it would have been 10-6. and Those teams are usually wild-card teams, and they kind of, you know, they they win one game and they're done. Uh, But, you know, I can see them maybe winning one game because of the division and being familiar with the Chiefs. Uh, they beat the Bengals already, so maybe they have some confidence there. It kind of plays out that way. Uh, but I just don't see it. This, this team is just too unpredictable. Uh, they have some really bad games. And it just and I, I know they have Derwin James and Jerry Bosa, and, and it looks pretty on the outside, the, the defense. But they have so many issues there uh, that I think Derek Carr and Darren Waller, if he plays, and Josh Jacobs are going to explode because they're a bad run defense. Uh, they can't get off the field on third down. They kind of have this bend but don't break approach and they need turnovers if they don't create turnovers it's going to be a long day for the defense so i do not see that in the playoffs uh i'm not even sure about this game against against the raiders i don't know if they can even do it this week but uh you know they, they tend to you know have some good games and like i said they have justin herbert and he plays well uh but it, sometimes it's a bit big ass you ask justin herbert to be perfect then he throws an interception in the fourth quarter and everything he did in the first three quarters is gone so uh it's pretty tough for the Chargers the way they kind of like to play We'll finish here since you kind of let us right into it. What's your prediction? Uh, yeah, it's a tough one. I know it's only Tuesday, but I'll make one just because uh, uh, you guys are asking. If I, if I was Adam Hill, I would, have been, I would be throwing a fit right now asking on Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> but because I'm a team player, I will go uh, Chargers. I think they, they get it done. I, and the only reason why I'm only saying that is because I predict them to finish 10-7 and 7 on the season. So I just want to be right on that note. So, uh uh, they need one more win, so I'll take Chargers, and, and it'll probably be overtime, uh, something pretty close. I like that because that really does end pretty much where we started with this was it, this whole show. Well, it's about you and you being right. It's about Adam <laughs> and Adam how is, Adam was affected by his travel. Adam tried to hijack the beginning of the show just to talk about his travel uh, from Indianapolis, which I expected to be like, yeah, we lost cabin pressure and the masks came out. <laughs> no. It turns out it's eh, there's a child <laughs> bleeding out on the floor of the baggage claim, and I had to move 10 feet. Gilbert... I, I, we appreciate you putting up with us. We, we really do. Gilbert Manzano from the uh, Southern California News Group. We'll see you at Allegiant this weekend for the maybe, hopefully, possibly winner-take-all game between the Raiders and the Chargers. We're rooting for a tie, okay? Yes, Thank you we are. Time. Team chaos all the see way around. All right, getting into the grab bag. Here. We, we are getting into the grab bag on the other side. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. 
Candy and Hill, Adam's Family Takeover, wrapping up on a Tuesday afternoon here on Cofield and Company. It's a chilly day, not quite as cold as it's been over the last few, but I miss when I lived in Flagstaff, I miss having a wood-burning fireplace. Um, with miss just being able to throw some actual wood in there. Is that a serious comment? It is a serious. I had in, in my apartment, in my little one bedroom apartment, I had a wood burning fireplace. It felt like the lap of luxury for a twenty one year old working at a ten thousand circulation newspaper. Like uh, it, it really was nice. I, I enjoy my fireplace now. Um, it is a gas fireplace, I assume. Uh it's it's electric and it, it can, oh, I can worse. change the colors of the fake flames. Yeah, but it okay. does produce some heat. Yeah. It's great. Okay. It's That's, awesome. Yeah, uh, good talk. Dude, the so, glowing uh, neon flames are the greatest thing ever. Yeah. I'm I'm sure that it's yeah, just you can go like from the blue to red to orange. It's great. Yes, it, well, it, like you have a Bunsen burner and it's chem lab. Oh, the flame changed from blue to purple. <laughs> what do you want to do? That's throw normal. wood into like That's a little pit and burn no, it? Oh, keep it simple. Like keep it simple. When I was when I was in Flagstaff and let let's just say in those days it was not Netflix and chill. In that, in those days, it was like blockbuster and chill, and sure. maybe you wanted to create a little atmosphere for for an evening, and you'd get that little Duraflame log for five bucks at the store. But you'd ruin it by going to Blockbuster and then not being able to find the video that you wanted, and then waiting and, to see if somebody yeah. would return it while you were standing there. In the end, even if I did have to go through that, chances are in that situation, I wasn't picking the movie in the first place. Sure. So that even uh, worse, because then you're like, I got to find this one particular movie, and they don't have it at any of the four blockbusters. Well, I have a way of making that night positive, even if you can't get the movie you want in our scenario. What if, for the low low of $10, you could have a KFC-scented fireplace log? Okay. 21 herbs and spices <laughs> All right. in your fireplace, the colonel chilling with you on Netflix and chill night, because that is available. You can purchase a Kentucky Fried Chicken-scented log for ten dollars imagine all of the fun of your house smelling like bad fried chicken but not actually getting to eat fried chicken and being the only person in the entire home other than maybe the dog who thinks this is a good idea um is there any, could you send a duraflame log for anything you would like adam okay tell me what you what time no but i'll i'll say this oddly enough they're not a sponsor right i'll make sure before i say that i don't like kfc i don't like fried chicken in general but I'm kind of in for this flame. Like the the scented KFC flame okay. sounds awesome. Uh, I can I cannot believe you're in on this. <laughs> this this shocks the hell out of me. You hate everything, but you want a kernel scented log. I mean, not as much as I want like a butter popcorn scented flame. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that would you're be cool. Something there. Yeah, that'd be great. You know what I want? Can you to imagine do? your house smelling like a movie theater as you watch a movie? It'd be tremendous. So I think that the way to do this is you can make it smell like. An equal amount of butter to butter popcorn if you could get a Roscoe's chicken and waffles scented log. Bang. Okay. Step three, profit. The step That's up, what I want. Definitely a step up from the KFC. That's one. what I want. I want a log that I can burn. I will pay more than $10. I will pay $12.50. I want a log that I can burn that smells like the. There is no meal that crosses the Rubicon. Between it is as good sober as it is drunk, 
as Roscoe's chicken and waffles. You clearly haven't had Roberto's burritos because oh, they're oh, fantastic. Uh, the, no, R- Roberto's. Here's that's the thing. Roberto's goes up infinitely in quality, sure. but it is it is an inverse proportion to your level of alcohol. Right? That's fair. Like, yeah. I should say in proportion to your level yeah. of alcohol. You know, you know what sounds better than better. any of that is uh, just flipping the switch and then using the remote to change the color of the flames and the warmth that comes out of it because that's really where the fire turns it up. Do you, I feel like you probably have to be sitting within what three feet of no. your electric fireplace. No, for that, that to thing. Have any value? No, that thing. That thing works. It it makes it very warm. I like it, but mostly the colors. I'm all for the colors. In fact, when I finish Cobra Kai tonight. Think I might throw that on? I'll throw a picture up, too. Me watching I, Cobra Kai with the flame. I was introduced last night to Joe Para Talks to You. I think that's the way I'm going to be going uh, <laughs> for the remainder of this evening because I like I couldn't figure out why I was laughing, but I was laughing. like I was just glued to the screen. Like, what is this guy doing? Uh, Adam Hill will be at the VGK game. Go over to our friends at Fox Sports Radio.